Magazines and Monsters, episode 54, The Savage Sword of Conan, 26 and 27, with Clinton from Coffee and Comics. Prayed you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good men or bad, why we fought or why we died. No. All that matters is that two stood against many. That's what's important. Barbara pleases you, Kram. So grant me one request. Grant me revenge. If you do not listen, then the hell with you. Hey, everybody. Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here, back with another recording for the show. And this is going to be a fun one because I have Conan on deck here. And I have my buddy from the Days of High Adventure and Coffee and Comics, Clint Robison, here to talk with me about it. How are you, man? Pretty good, Billy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's been a little while since you and I talked. Maybe a couple months at this point, even, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Should be. <laughs> it's been a spell, yeah. So, yeah, you uh, you know, you know, started a, uh, a podcast a little while back and uh, talked about all sorts of uh, sword and sorcery kind of books and stuff like that. And, I mean, Conan is the king of those. And I love me some Conan as well. And you had mentioned uh, a story that's told over uh, two issues of the Savage Sword of Conan magazine uh, that you really, really like. And uh, that's uh, issues 26 and 27, right? Yes, sir. That would be the story Beyond the Black River, you know, an adaptation of the Robert E. Howard original. And I mean, this is like a top five Conan story for me, easy. Mm, yeah, and I, you know, I would set off Mike how I've had these issues for a little while, but I had never read them. Like I'd thumb through them, check out the artwork. Hey, cool, you know, I'll I'll dive into these someday. But when you had mentioned uh, maybe talking about these, I was like, all right, I'm going to dive in now. Then, and wow, I was really blown away. This was a super super fun story. I, I really really enjoyed this one. It's definitely one of my favorites now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling, you, and that's what's really weird is. Um, 
when you ask people, you know, even hardcore Conan fans to name their their favorite Conan story, they will almost never say this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. It, it's kind of one of those that just flies under the radar somehow. Yeah, and it shouldn't because it's really, really good. I mean, the you know Roy Thomas script here adapting this uh, Howard story and the artwork. Oh my gosh, we're going to gush over that, I'm sure, throughout this whole uh, recording here. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, like I said, Savage Sword of Conan twenty six and twenty seven, and these are uh, uh, cover dated uh, January nineteen seventy eight and uh, <clears throat> March nineteen seventy eight, but. Uh, why don't we start off here with uh, 26? What do you think of this cover here for 26? This is cover uh, by Jim Starlin. Wow, what a good one. Oh, my gosh, yes. God, Conan tied up, getting getting ready to be eaten by a giant snake. Hmm. Got a bunch of heads, a random uh, heads in the uh, background there, too, that have been chopped off. <laughs> okay, see, I'm, I'm reading from the uh, collected trade that... Um, Dark Horse put out, put out a few years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, I've some so, of those. Yep. So I, the covers are all in black and white. So uh, everything in the background, the heads look more like rocks. <laughs> yeah. So on the original one here, it's it's a, a the the like you said, it's Conan. He's tied to you know like a not a tree but like a post in the ground, and there's a couple of skulls on pikes and this giant snake. And the whole background is like different shades of green, and it almost looks like there's a river in the background there as well. I'm assuming it's the uh, the, the river you just mentioned. <laughs> but yeah, that that there's a pile of heads. There's at least half a dozen, maybe eight or ten uh, heads that have been chopped off, and that is uh, you know not a bait and switch. We'll, we will get to that. Uh, <laughs> there are some behe- beheadings in this one, which is uh, awesome. But yeah, Jim Starlin, man, I'll tell you what. I know everybody thinks Jim Starlin cosmic, but he had so many other really good things, you know, some really good stuff in here. Um, you know, a uh, Shang Chi as well. He did, he did some really, really good stuff in the bronze age. Well, I mean, when you got a guy who's used to drawing Drax, the destroyer and Adam Warlock, Conan's not that far behind as far as a build, you know? Mm-hmm. So you definitely have a muscular long haired guy. You basically just need to swap their clothes and skin, skin colors. So he's not green or gold, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, out there on his loincloth. <laughs> yeah. And this one too, I love on these magazines too. You open up the front cover on inside the front uh, cover here. They usually had a, a, a pinup and this is a really good one by uh, David Wenzel, who I don't think did a ton of work in comics or at least for marvel but i know here and there he even did a couple of superhero stories i think he did a avenger story in the bronze age and a couple of things here and there but mostly like sword and sorcery fantasy kind of stuff but yeah really 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 good stuff it's basically conan he has his crazy sword and he's got an animal skin like coat on and this crazy helmet and he's swinging this giant sword at these uh i guess they're supposed to be like uh more like one of these tribes, like the Picts or something like that. And he's ready to chop a couple heads off here. It's really, really nice. But yeah, Beyond the Black River is what uh, we're going to focus on here. And this is, uh, like I said, Roy Thomas uh, scripting this one, the adaptation. And then uh, artwork by John Buscema and Tony DiZuniga. So, wow. What do you think of that creative team? <laughs> well, I, since the cover price is $1, I think... Um, I think I sorely underpaid for my admission. 
<laughs> yeah. When I think Conan, that's exactly who I think of. I know a lot of people will gravitate first to Barry Windsor Smith, and that's great too. But for me, if I, you know you hold my feet to the fire, I'm going to pick uh, John Buscema, and a lot of them were uh, inked by Tony DiZuniga as well mm-hmm. that are my favorites. Yeah, I think you and I have had that conversation before on uh, the artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I did with somebody, but uh, yeah, Barry Windsor Smith, I go to more for a younger Conan. Mm-hmm. He's you know still newly adventuring throughout the world because you know Windsor Smith always draws him a little more lean. Mm-hmm. But yeah, God. Uh, you see him always draws Conan with way more meat on his bones. Yes. Definitely a, a muscular force to be reckoned with. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. So, all right. Well, why don't we dive into this one? So, yeah, this one is uh, the, the first issue here, 26. It's actually broken into four parts. The first part is, uh, you know, it just says Beyond the Black River. And that's the, the you know page count, the longest of all four of the parts. But uh, this is the one that really sets everything up. Now, we have this crazy good splash page here. My gosh, it's Conan. You know, he's standing there and there's a giant serpent, you know, rearing up at him. Behind him, there's a saber tooth cat. There's this insane looking witch doctor type guy. And then there's some kind of like, I don't know if that's supposed to be like some kind of freaky Sasquatch or Yeti or something there. It's like all in black to the left. What do you think mm. of that? Oh, man, that is, I mean, that if Beyond the Black River were its own a standalone novel and not just, you know, a Robert E. Howard short story, that is the cover you would need for this because it's everything all rolled into one. Mm. Yeah, this, yeah, this basically, this page basically shows you, you know, what's the uh, Conan's going to have to uh, face down here in this, in this mm. first, first issue here. It's, it's, it's all right here. I mean, there's plenty more than this, but th- these are all the highlights right here. And uh, you were saying, you know, this issue is divided into to four sections. The original short story is divided into eight. Mm. You know, they, they have little chapter breaks in them. Which oh, cool. Yeah, which the, the first one uh, has one of the probably the funniest titles possible just by itself. And we don't see it here, but it's. Uh, it's listed as Conan loses his axe. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, you just think, what? I'm reading a story about Conan losing weapons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he just laid it down somewhere and then forgot where it was or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, this this is this is good. So this starts out with, you know, we see a guy walking through the forest here and we learned that this guy, uh, it's actually a young, young man, and his name is Baltus. And uh, Conan then is creeping around, too, and he yells at him, come out, boy. And I'm like, geez, all right, Conan. Like, he's, uh, you know, that's one thing about Conan. He's like, oh, I'm, you know, 35, and this guy's 22. I'm going to call him a boy. And I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, I know you're really confident in, like, your skills and stuff like that, but maybe this guy is a little bit uh, smarter or better with a weapon than you are. Do you really want to antagonize him? Like, come on. i mean i know it would be i'm getting ahead of where we're at in the story but you know later on when 
when Balthus, you know, the younger guy starts asking mm-hmm. him some of the stuff like, oh, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And Conan's just like, I've been all over the world, boy. <laughs> I've done this. I, you know, I was a pirate. I've been a thief. I've been, you know, I've been everything but a king. And at that, I may yet be one before I die. I, you never know. <laughs> yeah, and you can start to see at that point who Balthus is like, you know, got these stars in his eyes when he's looking at Conan, like, whoa, I can't wait to grow up and be like this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in Conan's eyes, yeah. <laughs> he's He's that guy at work that has you know done every job possible for the company and you know, can't and any sort anybody that's a newcomer is just like instantly nope 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 you're too inexperienced come back and see me in five years <laughs> yeah and then the two of them are there having a bit of a little conversation and they find a dead picked and uh, balthus is like by the gods a picked and conan's like are you surprised after all you're only four miles east of black river and you know they kind of go back and forth and Conan's just like, listen, anywhere near this river, you could find these nutty guys running around. And, you know, this is like you said, he's got a lot more experience than Balthus at this point uh, in the world and obviously in this area, too. And he basically says how he's working for the local uh, kingdom and he's not like, you know, your ordinary foot soldier type guy. But uh, the two of them seem to get on a little bit, you know, pretty good here at the beginning. So they're just like, all right, let's, uh, you know, make our way back to uh, northward. Because there's a fort nearby, right, where uh, Conan kind of operates out of. Yeah, so then the two of them are kind of uh, going through the forest here, and they hear a scream. And this is really cool. So they hear this crazy scream, and they find a couple of dead guys here, right? And the the one guy, I love how he says, uh, what the heck is this guy's name that they find dead? Uh, Tiberius. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, uh, or I'm sorry, a woodsman named, yeah, his, this guy's name is Tiberius. And he's just sitting there when he's throats like you know kind of ripped out and uh balthus is like you know oh like who did this and i love how uh conan goes uh it was a forest devil and balthus is like you know what are you talking about like he has no clue what he's talking about here right yeah and i love how conan just he kind of says it just matter of factly Mm -hmm. like it was a forest devil (laughs) like like what else would it be (laughs) Yeah, like, haven't you ever seen one boy? And it's like, he's like 20, dude. There's a lot he hasn't seen yet, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. But, you know, the, the, the young guy here, Balthus, still doesn't kind of believe him. And Conan's like, listen, look at his throat, look at the wound. And then he goes, look over here. And we see this insane looking footprint, like some kind of, you know, three toed footprint of like some giant talon or something, right? Yeah. Oh, and then he says, I'm sorry. And then he, he changes from, a forest devil to a swamp demon. And that's something I didn't get there right away because he said forest demon, but then he goes to swamp or forest devil and then swamp demon. He kind of vacillates back and forth between those two, uh, two terms. I'm like, make up your mind, dude. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, either way, he's trying to get it through to Balthus. Like, look, it is some kind of crazy monster. I really don't want to fight it. Let's load up this corpse and go. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> They chuck this guy onto some like makeshift, uh, uh, almost like a, oh, what do you call it? Like uh, not a raft because they're not going over the water mm-hmm. with it, but like almost like you know like a makeshift you know uh, gurney here. Yeah. <laughs> they c- carry it through the woods, but and again they hear like another crazy scream, and they're just like, "What's going on?" And they say it's a woman this time, 
And the two of them go running to see something, and they don't see anything. And Conan's like, I don't make mistake. The locations of the sounds, even in the woods. And then they hear it again, but now it's behind them. So they hear this, like, screaming, and they think it's a woman's voice. But it's kind of like jumping around in front of them, then behind them. And wow. So on story page uh, for me here, 14, they finally go hustling through the woods and they get a glimpse of something kind of going through the woods. And it almost looks like a half man, half snake kind of creature. And Conan (laughs) calls it a demon and throws his axe at it. But it to no avail. It's already like out of range, I guess. Right. See, I, w- I wasn't sure if it was quite out of range or if it was one of those things that, um, you know, like it kind of passed the, you know, the axe sort of passed through the creature. Oh, yeah, maybe. I mean, if the artwork, it's a little hard to tell from the artwork because Conan in the one panel throws his axe and says, damn you, demon of Zogar Sog. And then the next panel, you can see this creature kind of you know, going off in the distance a little bit here, but you don't see the axe anywhere. So I didn't know if they just kind of made a little mistake there by not showing the axe going at it, through it, over it, or what really happened there. Because they do find the axe, I think, and but they don't find the creature. It gets away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? I like Conan. It tricked us with its damnable caterwauling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they go back to uh, get their corpse, and this is where we realize uh, that these swamp devils or demons or whatever you want to call them, uh, they like to take people's heads off. So they go back, and Tiberius is missing his head. Which is really cool. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I still like Conan's summation of all of it, though. Well, grab those poles. We'll take the body anyway. At least mm-hmm. our load's a little bit lighter. <laughs> yep. And that's the end of part one. And then we go to part two, which is called The Wizard of Guawela. And again, every chapter here in this starts out with a huge, you know, full page splash here. And this one is fantastic. So you have Conan and Baltus here, and they have their, their dead buddy without his head. And they're at the uh, gates of the fort. And somebody yells down, who goes there? And Conan says, open the gate, damn your hide. Can't you see it's me, Conan? <laughs> but uh, again, incredible artwork here. The detail on the figures and, you know, the, the the wall of this fort here look really cool. Like, this is a really cool, really good page. What do you think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Conan's just like, you know, can't you see it's me? And obviously the guard's up there with a torch, you know, so it's <laughs> middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love like, how can't Baltus... you see it's me? No, Conan. Not everybody can see in the dark like you. Yeah, not everybody has night vision. And I like how Baltus is looking over his shoulder as if he's scared. I like mm-hmm. that too. That was really, really good by the art team here. So yeah, they bring the headless corpse in, and I love how right away that two of these uh, shady characters are kind of like, ha ha, like I won the bet. And Conan's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like. I told him this guy would get killed, so I want my money and come back with no head. <laughs> I'm like, wow, they were betting on somebody coming back without a head. Oh, That's yeah. really good. And that right there, um, you know, it's a little subtle, but that plays kind of into the uh, the ongoing theme throughout the the story, especially when it, you know, one of the things that pays off there at the, the very last page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we also meet another guy here, the uh, 
the guy that's in charge of this crazy fort here, uh, Valinus is his name. And he's kind of like, you know, the, the, the head honcho here, like the, I don't know if they ever say what his title is. Um, and what is he? Oh, maybe is he the governor? Does it say or something like that? And the governor of a frontier yeah. outpost should be visible. So yeah, there you go. So that's what his title is. And Conan and he have a pretty good relationship here because I think this guy also realizes Conan's been around and he's seen a lot more than he has. So when he says something, this guy listens. And I do like that, how this guy's kind of like, you know, over Conan as far as his, you know, uh, stature in the community here. But he listens to Conan when Conan talks. Right. Speaking speaking of stature, uh, as far as physical stature, look at the, the panel of uh, Conan and Balthus going into the door. How much Conan has to crouch down to get through that door. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. He's like kind of has to like lean over to be able to get in through the door. He's a yeah, Conan's a big dude. And that is one of the things I do like because like you said earlier, uh Barry Winster Smith, he kind of drew Conan in his younger years and he wasn't quite, you know, bulked up yet. I I do like this version of him, this older version of him a bit better where he's, you know, a bit more bulky. Mm-hmm. But I mean that mm. that's definitely a Conan who's just you know, he has to duck to go through everything. <laughs> it's great. And then right away, they just kind of, you know, tell stories and drink some mead here. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's the Conan way. And he does say about, again, about seeing a glimpse of the swamp demon and what's going on out there in the forest. And Valinus is like, do the soldiers know of this? And Conan says, we left the body by the eastern gate. <laughs> Valinus says, damn. And he's like, you should have concealed it. So they didn't see it because they're going to be nervous and scared. Now that they see this headless corpse, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm thinking, eh, they walked right through the front door with it, dude. I didn't see anybody <laughs> like shaking in their boots over it. So it's probably, maybe he's just scared. <laughs> well, you know, Conan's sitting there like, you know, it would have been left right outside the front gate tomorrow morning anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. people would have saw it. I like how that next you page. Know, this too. is like the fifth one already. <laughs> yeah, how he's sitting on a stool. And he's got his legs there all stretched out and his arms crossed and his uh, helmet's like a little cockeyed on his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that panel. <laughs> That's fantastic. And he then mentions the name of this uh, guy, uh, Zogar Sog, who is like a, a magician. And uh, Conan says a story about how he was captured and this and that. And he's looking for revenge against the people that had jailed him and that's kind of going to set the scene here for what this is really all about. This It's basically this guy trying to get revenge on anybody and everybody that's ever done him wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And I love Valinus sitting here like you know, all the other soldiers get panicky and afraid, but you don't seem to, to, to buy into all the supernatural stuff. And Conan's <laughs> like, in my younger days, I did. Mm-hmm. But I found over the years that there's nothing that cold steel won't cut. <laughs> which is uh maybe a little foreshadowing there but we'll, we'll get we'll get to that <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah they have a little bit of a conversation and a back and forth here and valinus basically says i'll give you a hundred men if you go out into the uh, forest into the river and you know take care of this uh zogar sog guy and his uh picts that he has kind of uh i don't want to say entranced but he has them all revved up and believing in his cause so they're gonna help him um and conan's like how about this? How about you give me like a dozen of your best men to go with me because a hundred would, you know, be a waste of time. And he's like, uh, okay, sounds good. And 
that's the end of part two. And then uh, the <laughs> the splash page to part three here. I had uh, tweeted this one out the other day because mm-hmm. this one just really blew me away. It's Conan and Baltus and a couple other guys, you know, in a boat here going through this uh, Black River. And the Crawlers in the Dark is the name of this chapter. And wow, is that a really good page. The detail is just incredible. Yeah, and I mean, that that... Well, like you said, it's incredible. It, the, the shadows on it. Dizanigas earning his keep with with all the shadings mm. doing his ink job. I I do want to just make note so far. Um, I think it is all the way through. All the chapter titles are the same as the in the uh, short story, other than you know Conan loses his axe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me with Roy Thomas because he was a huge Howard fan. Oh yeah, and plus, you know, Conan loses his axe is kind of long to put, <laughs> put up there, right on the very first page of everything else. <laughs> yeah, they just just leaving it as uh, you know the name of the story probably was a better deal, right? We just saying mm-hmm. beyond the Black River. <laughs> but yeah, so Conan and these, uh, I guess probably what 11 other guys or maybe 12 other guys are, you know, they're going down the river and they're being real quiet and, you know, they're going to try to sneak up on these other guys. And this is interesting. So I, I had to go back and look and I went back and looked and I thought to myself, is there any dialogue in this chapter? And <laughs> there really isn't. There is just caption boxes by Roy Thomas and the mm-hmm. artwork and the caption boxes are great, you know, cause they're real descriptive and really setting the mood and the scene here. But, so you have a chapter that's one, two, three, four, five, six pages long. And other than oomph, and uh, what's the other one? Mm. There's no words, nothing. It is just all all artwork and then some action and then, you know, caption boxes. That's it. This is I couldn't believe it when I went back. I'm like, there's no dialogue here. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me. It really gets you in the the mood of the story because they're trying to to be as quiet as possible to sneak up on the the picks. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, like if, if it weren't in and it would still work without the, the caption boxes. Yeah. Like, like you would really get a a sense that, well, I I mean, I know we use the term silent story a lot, but you could really make a silent story out of this this yeah. chapter yeah you really could yeah i mean the, the captions really add to it but yeah the artwork tells you everything you need to know basically you know conan takes uh you know nine or ten or whatever 11 of those guys leaves one in one of the boats and balthus stays in the other one you know at the you know the edge of the river and the at the edge of the forest there like i guess I don't know, for a quick getaway or what but all of a sudden you know balthus is like What's with that other guy over there? You know, he hasn't moved in a while and he kind of like, you know, goes like Psst, to be like, hey, dude, what's going on? <laughs> and the guy doesn't answer. It doesn't move or anything. So he goes over and kind of nudges the guy and the guy falls over and he's dead and his throat has this big gash in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then he's like, oh, crap. And like before he can even react other than to be like, you know, uh oh, uh, there's a, a, an arm comes around his neck and drags him into the water and just as it's dragging him in he grabs a, a knife out of his boot and it, you know the the captions say that he's just stabbing fiercely and blindly but he must have killed whomever it was a picked i guess that grabbed him because he uh, crawls to shore 
and we see an arm of somebody dead just kind of floating there in the water, which is real creepy. But, you know, it doesn't take long. And then two more picks jump them, and one kind of grabs them, and the other one has a... I wouldn't say it's an axe. It's almost like a hammer of sorts. I'm not sure what you call that weapon, where it's, you know, a handle, and it's almost mm. it almost looks like a bit of a hammer. It's got like a stone uh, tied to the end of it and just cracks them over the skull with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, get that it's probably... Uh supposed to be more of a primitive axe just the way it's kind of looks more like it's kind of a chiseled rock but yeah the way he hits him with it it's like he just broadsides him just just Mm -hmm. like nope we're gonna take you alive (laughs) yeah i kind of feel like i wonder why they did but there might be a reason here and we'll get to that in uh, part four the beasts of zogar sog and our buddy Balthus uh, wakes up with a headache here and looks around himself, and he's surrounded by Picts. And I do think it's interesting because, you know, down the road, uh, you know, in, uh, or I shouldn't say down the road, uh, previously, you know, Cull had a uh, buddy that was a Pict, and he was never depicted, you know, pardon me there, <laughs> uh, looking like this. These guys are very, like, savage, very, like, I feel like these are almost something you'd see in like a, a cartoon depiction of, you know, jungles of like, uh, well, like maybe South America or even Aborigines or something, right? Like they, they're not like, uh, they're not like, uh, you know, Native Americans or anything like that, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, um, as far as Conan lore and stuff, picks are usually uh, described as being dark skinned, but um, hmm. yeah, as far as what we have in the drawings here, these are almost caveman looking. Yeah. Neanderthals you know, or something. Yeah, yeah. They have very monstrous looking faces. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, yeah. they're clearly humans, but they are definitely depicted as being. Well, I, I hate to use the term, but they're kind of depicted as being subhuman. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. And they're standing there like it just with, uh, you know, spears and stuff like that. And they have our buddy Baltus here tied up uh, to a, a tree here or a post. And he's just like, oh, man. And then we see uh, uh, as uh, the <laughs> as the caption boxes say, uh, it says uh, there was there has been fighting recent and deadly outside the ring of warriors fierce-eyed women tend fires which rise to hurt his gaze and we have some naked ladies here uh, <laughs> stoking a fire <laughs> yeah. national geographic pictures here yeah and then balthus all of a sudden turns his head and sees um all the heads of the men that were with conan to kind of uh surprise these uh, people here and honestly there is a head uh, on the top of the pile that does sort of <laughs> yeah. resemble Conan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I it's wondered not if I was obviously. the only one that thought that. Yeah, but it's, you know, obviously it's not him, but uh, he does look over and he sees uh, one of the other uh, people that came with him and Conan, and he says, so they got you too, and the guy says, I. And he goes, sneaked up in the water and cut the other fellow's throat. Mitra, how can anyone move so silently? <laughs> the guy says, they're devils, that's how. <laughs> and he goes, they must have been watching us from the time we left the midstream. We walked into a trap. And he says, arrows were ripping us from all sides before we knew it. Most of us dropped at the first fire. And you do see a scene of 
a lot of the guys getting hit with arrows, multiple arrows and getting killed and the picks just coming in and spears and just killing everybody. Cause you know, they had them very much outnumbered and, you know, uh, had the element of surprise on them as well and bows and arrows. So that's, uh, that's, that was the end of pretty much everybody except for this guy and apparently Conan, right? What does the guy say? Better for you and me, lad, if they just killed us outright. Some devilment is up. There's too many picks here. These aren't all Gwaweli. Some are men from Western tribes here and from down and up the river. I don't know what. And he says, at that moment, the wolfish howling of the picks rises in volume. And that's when we get our uh, our witch doctor here from like the Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> Zogar Sog. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He would be almost comical if he didn't get drawn like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's drawn to be pretty creepy. Yeah. And especially, you know, the way they describe him, you know, with grotesque bounds and prancings. It's just kind of like you you could go either way. Either he's going to be just completely laughable or he's going to be terrifying. Yeah, there, he's got no like between. some kind of uh, feathers uh, in some kind of like headdress and uh, in, uh, or like instead of a loincloth, it's like, you know, feathers and around his ankles as well. And when he first came out of his crazy little hut, though, there's like all these skulls hanging around there, which look really awesome, by the way. And yeah, he's doing his crazy little war dance here. And, you know, he uh, picks out uh, not Baltus, but the other guy and kind of like motions at him. And the guy spits right in his face. So, I mean, I guess if you wanted to die quickly, maybe that's what you want to do. But I'd want to live. So I don't think I would do that. Right. I mean, <laughs> that's really going to piss him off. But I mean, you know, if he's going to he's going to be defiant. I don't know what it gained him or what he even <laughs> thought it would gain. <laughs> well, it, it gets him killed first. And he did say we'd better off been killed than captured. So he mm. gets his wish here as a. Uh, the guy starts like kind of howling and calling out uh, towards the jungle. And then the doors open sort of like a King Kong moment here, you know, when the natives had their, uh, you know, giant fortress built and then they open the doors up and, you know, Kong would come in and, but this isn't Kong. It's a huge saber toothed uh, cat that looks at first, like it's going to come after him, but he kind of like looks at it and yells at it and then just points his finger at one of the men and it goes right over at the guy and jumps on him and knocks the post out of the ground that was uh that he was tied to and just kind of starts like chewing on him and then just picks him up by the i don't know what and drags him off into the forest <laughs> pretty creepy yeah and as it says half dragging half carrying a hideous crimson thing that only faintly <laughs> resembles anything human <laughs> yeah they do a good job of not showing you anything, but showing you, you know, that he was, you know, chewing on this guy right in front of everybody. So, of course, Baltus's eyes are like as big as saucers, like, oh, crap, I hope this doesn't happen to me. <laughs> and uh, the, the the group of picks are looking on like, yay, we can't wait for, you know, act number two here. And uh, our buddy uh, Zogar Sog, uh, he sends another more sibilant call shuddering through the gate. And Balthus freezes at the implication. And then all of a sudden, Balthus is like, oh, boy, I'm going to get it even worse because here comes this giant serpent, uh, like from uh, the splash page in the cover, right? Yep. And this thing freaks me out. Mm-hmm. It's creepy looking. It's really great. It's, again, mm. artwork is 
off the chain here. It's really, really good. And I mean, it's huge. The thing's got to be like 30 feet long. Oh, easy. Yeah. The, basically, if you've watched any of those Anaconda movies, th- this is this is pretty <laughs> this much is the snake. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Ice Cube's nowhere to be found. He's not going to stop it. <laughs> he's he's not saving this guy. But luckily, uh, a spear flies out of nowhere and uh, the snake starts going berserk because the spear goes like right through its like throat and jaw area. So it starts writhing around and going crazy and knocking into the picks and squashing them. And <laughs> it ends up into the fire as well, that huge fire that they were making. And that's when uh, Balthus sees that his, uh, his buddy Conan here is still alive and he's rescuing him and he gives him an axe and he's like, let's go, pal. And <laughs> I don't know why they do this. Instead of just running for the river, they go into the crazy hut. Now, I don't know if this is the one I'm assuming it's the one where uh, the head chief there, Zogar Sog, is. And they see a bunch of heads lined up on like uh, like a little table here. And it looks insane. There's one, two, three, four, five heads there. And they're they're preserved pretty well. And it looks like there's Tiberius's head, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. And then here we go on the next page. Like I said, I don't know what they meant this creature to be. If it's some kind of like ape creature or like Sasquatch or what this insane thing is, because it's in shadow almost the whole time. And it's chained up as well. And I thought that was kind of weird because it seemed like Zogar Sog could control these other creatures and animals. Why can't he control this guy? You know, I didn't get that part. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not really sure. It, I kind of take it to be essentially, like you said, kind of a Sasquatch sort of creature. At, at some point, I think they even kind of describe it as like a, a, like a man ape or something. Kind of yeah. like that. Uh, the only thing I can figure on uh, not being able to control it is the way uh, Conan explains it later is, you know, that some of the creatures that Zogar Sag can, can control are the ones that still remember Jebel Sag. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, there's a, like a god demon type thing that they're, they used to worship. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, that's true. But yeah, Conan's like, oh, he's chained up. Well, I think I'm going to kill him anyway because he looks like a maniac. So he just takes his sword and whoosh, and kills yeah. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, dude, we got to get out of here because it's not going to take these savages long to, you know, uh, get on our trail here with the, you know, because for a while there, the snake was going berserk and was knocking a bunch of them over and killing some of them and lighting fire to the whole place. So that's what they used <laughs> to uh, make a quick getaway here. So and that's that's the end of part part one here, right? The uh, The first issue. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah really really good one a lot of action a lot of fun in that one and in issue 27 here it's pretty much the same creative team uh except the cover though is uh bob larkin and what do you think of this cover for 27 it's got uh conan and there's a i don't know where this woman came from uh there's a woman uh she doesn't have too many clothes on here uh and <laughs> there's a giant saber-toothed <laughs> cat uh, attacking uh, a Conan here, and it's like scratching at him with its claws, and he's stabbing at it with like a a knife, and it says the beasts of Jebel Sog. So yeah, pretty good one there too. And Bob Larkin, he's one of those guys. He did a bunch of these ones uh, from the 1970s. So I always uh, enjoy seeing his his artwork. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is a great action cover. Um, I'm with you. Where did the lady come from? But <laughs> you know, I guess. 
you know, it, it's kind of a, a given that you're going to have to have one in there somewhere eventually for these type of covers. Yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining or anything. But I'm, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah, this is like borderline Boris Vallejo kind of lady on the cover here. Oh, absolutely. I think but, that's what he was going for. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, Conan fighting the saber tooth cat. I mean, issue. Mm-hmm. It's an action scene that you kind of could have had. It's not really necessarily one that we will have, but. Yeah, hey, why not, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, this you... uh, like I said, it's almost the same creative team. Roy Thomas script, John Buscema and Tony DiZuniga and on the art and then Jim Novak letters. So pretty much the same. And this one has a frontispiece by Rudy Nebrez. And this one's pretty good, too. I've seen a few different Conan pieces by Rudy Nebrez. The only thing I don't really love uh, about his Conan depictions is his face. He draws his face like uh, quite a bit different. It's almost like uh, something sort of between Barry Windsor Smith's and John Buscema's, but it just doesn't really do anything for me. That's But the, the picture itself is great. It's Conan standing over some, of course, scantily clad lady, and she's on the ground laying there like prone, and he's, uh, I don't know if they're supposed to be like eight men or what, are coming after him from behind, and he's got his axe in the air like he's going to chop somebody's head off of it. Everything about it is cool. It's really detailed, really cool. Love it. Just Like I said, just the face is a little different there. It kind of throws me off when I when I see his uh, Conan depictions. But all right, well, the children of Jebel Sog, right? You already mentioned that, that there's uh, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to get into who that actually is. And uh, at the epic conclusion of Beyond the Black River, our adaptation of the story by Robert E. Howard, creator of Conan. And this one shows <laughs> this uh, splash page here is interesting. It shows Conan on top of like a mountain here. And he's beating the crap out of all these. Uh, I'm assuming those are supposed to be the picks that are coming up after him. And they look a little bit more savage even in this uh, portrayal than they did the previous issue, I think. Oh, yeah. Especially that one down the uh, the lower left hand. Yeah. You know, he's turned around to the camera and it's just like, oh, come with me. I'm going to go bite his ankles. Yeah, he's this guy's gone like full on Neanderthal man here. He's. Mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah, does. He's got yeah. that spittle coming everywhere. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah, and then they do have um, three pages of recap, basically, to you know get you to where we are going to start off in this one, because this one's not into parts. This is just one you know story here to a conclusion here, and you know you know, like you said, you know back in the day, you don't know if you would have got the other magazine. So if you would have not got twenty six and just picked this one up. You know, at least that recap gets you to where you're going to be in this book, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I think that's a good thing because you know, distribution back then wasn't like you couldn't find these on every corner and in every store. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then Conan and Balthus, they're, you know, uh, busting through the the forest here and trying to get away because you know they know the picks are going to be on their heels in no time, and the picks are uh, really good trackers and they're, you know, just faster than they are. So, you know, they really. Uh, really want to try to like get out of there. They start going through the woods and then all of a sudden I like Conan. Um, it's uh, page 10 here. He says something is close behind us and he has this look on his face where he's turning his eyes back. Like, you know, he feels like somebody's, you know, tracking them, coming after them. And, you know, he, he tells uh, Baltus to give me your ax and he looks and it's a leopard that's tracking them. 
Now, when I first saw this, I thought to myself, okay, you know, that's understandable. Like a leopard, it's in the jungle, you know, forest, whatever. It's hungry. It, it got a scent of a couple of, you know, people. It's like, hey, why wouldn't it try to eat them? But, you know, after Conan, with one throw of the axe, splits this thing's skull in half, which is really crazy, by the way. Um, the, the the page where he, it shows that, the detail on the, there's like a close-up shot of the leopard's face is really cool. And him throwing this axe and hitting it in the head, that's cool and everything. But, you know, he's just like, goes into this explanation to Baltus and basically says, you know, that he thinks that Zogar Sog mentally controlled this leopard to go after them, right? Try to kill them. Yeah, where you say, huh, saying that's one more beast that'll carry no tails. <laughs> yeah. And he, Balth, Balthus is like, did you say he sent that leopard after us? And he goes, <laughs> use your use your brains. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what <laughs> cracks me up because it's just like, it's like we just escaped from an entire encampment full of you know multiple tribes all headed by this one witch doctor and you think it was just happenstance that this you know that this creature tracked us no yeah plus you figure baltus when he was tied up there he saw the zogar sog control that snake and that saber-toothed cat to come in and attack them so he knows he can do this. I mean, mm. obviously, maybe those were close by and they're further away. He didn't know he could use it this far away, but he kind of acts like he's just like astonished that he has these powers. And Conan's like, use your brain, dude. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, and then Balthus still isn't really getting it because he's just like, does he catch the wild animals and train them from birth? <laughs> and Conan's just like, no, he summons them, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. I love how he says, you yourself saw that Pictus shaman call both a monstrous snake and a saber-toothed cat from the forest. And he goes, to say nothing of that human, inhuman swamp devil that killed Tiberius and stole his head. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that too. Like, <laughs> how do you think that happened, man? So, yeah, Conan's kind of getting pissed off at his uh, his lack of experience, I guess you would call it here. And just like, dude, just listen to me. And if I tell you something happened, that's the way it happened. And then uh, Baltus is like, I mean, hey. The, the forest is full of lepers. Why doesn't he send the whole pack of them after us? And Conan says he can't command all the animals, just as such as remember Jebal Sog. And that's when they go into that uh, little uh, uh, story there on uh, its uh, story page 13, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Balthus is like Jebal Sog. I've heard that name somewhere, but I don't. And Conan says once all living things worshipped Jebal Sog. That was long ago when the beasts and men spoke one language. Men have forgotten him, and even the beasts forget. But the few men who remember Jebel Sog and the beasts who remember are brothers and speak the same tongue. And Balthus, that's impossible. And Conan turns around and looks at him, and I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> He's like going to put him in his place here. Yeah, civilized men laugh. But not, but not one can tell me how he calls the animals out of the wild and makes them do his bidding. They'd call it a lie if they dared. If they can't mm. explain something, they refuse to believe it. Yeah, and I like that line. That's a really good line. If they can't explain something, they refuse to believe it. Because, you know, that's just, that kind of is a, uh, you know, that's something you could still apply to today. You know, it's just uh, mm -hmm. sometimes if it's like, 
if you can't figure it out, you just don't believe it. And uh, I, I really like that. That one really struck a chord there. I thought, yep, that's one of those lines that obviously it was <laughs> relevant back in the 70s when this was written, or even if it was, you know, borrowed from Howard's story back in the 30s, that, that's, that's still relevant in 2022. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mo- most of the stuff in this is pretty much just straight out of the Howard story. Yeah. What does he say? You won't catch me arguing with you, Conan. Perhaps we're just more superstitious on the Tauron than in the rest of Aquilonia. Besides, I've seen things here in Kona Jahara that prickled my flesh. And then (laughs) he goes, I hear there's an ancient grove sacred to Jebel Sog somewhere in this forest, but I've never... Wait. And all of a sudden, Conan grabs his sword and he stoops down and scratches this crazy symbol into the, uh, the, the ground there, the dirt. And he says, Balthus, what it says, what is it, Conan? I've not. And Conan says, I first saw it carved in the rock of a cave no human had visited for a million years. Not sure how he figured that out. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. in the uninhabited mountains beyond the Sea of Valet, half a world from here. And then uh, it's not too long either, either where uh, now a black panther comes after them. That's a really crazy scene, too. But what mm. happens when the panther comes after them? Oh yeah, We're, the panther sees the sign, the symbol, whatever in the in the uh, in the ground. I kept wanting to say the floor <laughs> in the ground, and you know, he kind of sniffs at it and and kind of you know gets a look in his eyes and just wheels around, you know, darts away as it says in as if in a sudden panic, and is gone mm-hmm. in a flash of dark light. Yeah, that's a really cool looking panther too. By the way, that I really like the way that looks. Animals are not easy to draw, but uh, John Buscema and Tony Dezaniga here did a pretty good job. I gotta gotta admit, all the animals we've seen here so far were spot on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they uh, they decide at this point. Uh, Conan says, uh, "We've no more to fear from the beast, but we've left a sign for men to read. We've got to warn Valinus." And uh, Balthus says, "Warn him of what?" And he's like, "Look, dude." They're gathering an army of these picked because they're going to raid the fort and like all the areas around here, you know, to, you know, take over the land. And then for, you know, also uh, for our buddy here, Zogar Sog, to get revenge on all the people that had jailed him previously. So the two of them go uh, hoofing through the forest here because they're going to go back there and uh, try to warn him, you know, before they can get there. But I guess they kind of feel like they have to almost take a roundabout way simply because if they go back to the river, they'll kind of go near the picks and they'd be able to kill them. So mm-hmm. they try to go in this crazy roundabout way. And, you know, when they have to take a break uh, during the day or at night or whatever here, this is that part you were talking about earlier where Conan is sitting there talking to Baltus and he kind of says to him about basically everywhere he's been and everything he's done in his lifetime. And of course, Baltus being, being a young guy is just like, whoa, no way. Like you're the coolest guy ever. <laughs> Yeah, and Conan even gives him some life advice. Like, you know, if more men would wear male shirts and helmets, there'd be fewer skulls hanging in the altar huts. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you know, but he's also realistic about it because he's like, the only thing is most men make noise when they wear armor. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then they decide, uh, what does Conan say? He said, uh, here's where we'll swim the river. And he says, uh, we're going to, you know, just jump in here. Well, all of a sudden, here comes an arrow out of nowhere. And 
Um, there's a couple of picks that have caught up to them. So there's a little mini brawl here with Conan Baltus and then like maybe half a dozen picks. I don't know if they were just faster that they caught up and the other ones didn't yet, or they were sent out like as a little search party to try to find Conan and Baltus while the others are mounting that attack on uh, Balanus or what's going on there. But there's a really, you know, really neat uh, scene here with, like I said, those like half a dozen picks, like maybe there's five or six of them fighting uh, Conan and Baltus. It's really cool. It's a nice little fight scene, but it goes on for like four pages. Oh, yeah. I was trying to double check, make sure this isn't the, there's one part where he says, you know, the since the the tribes are merging or whatever for the attack, that this that they, they might have come across some that were just uh, either on their way. Oh, to, yeah, yeah, on their way to join up with the rest of the clans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> they take care of those guys, and all of a sudden <laughs> they're like, "All right, let's uh, let's go down the river more." So they go along, you know, the shoreline here, and they get to a part where they're like, oh, we hear something out there on the river. And they see, you know, there's a guy, I guess, again, it's another picked maybe from another tribe, and he's coming up the river in this boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Conan, I love this, uh, Conan calls out to him, and the caption box says, next moment, Baltus almost jumps out of his skin. As Conan calls out to the paddler in his own tongue, and we see this guy, and it says the man starts scanning the bushes, then casts a startled glance across the river. So, again, Conan, he's been around the block a few times, so he knows this uh, guy's native tongue, and he calls out to him to be like, hey, come to shoreline. And when he gets close enough, whack with the uh, bow and arrow right in the guts. It's pretty nasty, and they steal his boat. <laughs> yeah, but did you catch what yeah, what Conan says to him? Oh, to the guy he killed? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, because Balthus is like, wait, what did you say to him? And Conan's like, told him to pull into shore, that there was a white forest runner on the bank who was trying to get a shot at him. <laughs> Conan and that was did true. not lie. <laughs> yeah, no, he told all. the truth. Although Balthus, I love this. He goes, what did you say to the pick? And like you said, he said "What there was going to be shot at him. Then he goes, that doesn't seem fair. He thought a friend was speaking to him. You mimicked a picked perfectly. And Conan says, we needed his boat. Only way to lure him to the bank. Which is worse, to betray a picked who'd enjoy skinning us alive or betray the men across the river whose lives depend on our getting over it. And he goes, and then the caption box says, Balthus says nothing for a time. (laughs) This is Conan basically telling him there is no such thing as honor out here. It is life or death. Yeah, leave that crap for like the, uh, you know, the jousting inside the, uh, (laughs) you know, inside the fort, pal. Out here, it's, you know, kill or be killed. And that is funny. So, yeah, they uh, they put the boat uh, to shore because he kind of says like, hey, we can't take the boat all the way down again or we'll run into uh, more of these picks. So we got to just hot foot it. So they start running. And how about this part here where they find this dog? I thought this was insane. (laughs) This dog is one of my favorite characters in all of the Conan stories. Yeah, this dog's great. And what does he name it? Slasher? Yeah, Slasher. <laughs> and they walk up to it, and uh, it really looks pissed off, like it's going to bite somebody. And Balthus just walks over and starts petting him. And Conan says, watch him. He's not been petted in a long time now. And Balthus says, he's all right. He'd just forgotten for a moment that he isn't a wild thing. Strange. I remember the sleek, well-fed hounds in my father's 
that my father owned back in Tehran. I guess the frontier's no less hard on beasts than it is on men. And Conan, let him come with us. I'm like, oh boy. So it's like a buddy cop show and they have a dog. This is great. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, the, the next panel when Slasher hears something, look how insane he looks. Yeah, and he's got like some spit dripping from his mouth. Mm. Now, yeah, now that I think about it, this is like almost like Starsky and Hutch, but you, you remove Huggy Bear and you put <laughs> Slasher in there. And this is what we got here. <laughs> It's like they're on a mission and they got there's somebody to help them out here. But oh my gosh, yeah, the, the dog looks insane. And Conan says, "We're too late. They've attacked the fort. Come on!" And the two of them and the dog go running over. And you literally see like a thousand of these crazy picked guys, and they're going berserk, throwing fire and axes and just throwing stuff like crazy at the men at the fort and the walls, and they're trying to get up them. And the men at the walls are, you know, doing their best with a bow and arrow to shoot them mm-hmm. and this and that. But, you know, it's it's only going to be a matter of time. And Conan even says that, too. He's like, dude, we, we can't go down there and engage. We'll get run over. There's just too many of them. And, you know, the fort's gone. You know, it sucks, but it, it's the fort's gone. And we couldn't save it. We were screwed. We needed to get here sooner. And he's yeah. like, you know what? Let's just get out of here. He's like, I got a better idea. He says, you know, that there's, uh, you know, some settlers nearby. So that's where they're going to head next after, mm. you know, they do this. They're going to go kill those settlers. So he's like, we got to go warn them that these nutty guys are coming here to get them out of here and get them back to, I guess it's the nearest city to, you know, really, you know, kind of protect everybody. And they run into uh, another band of picks here that I guess they came upon some settlers in a wagon. And man, that is some nasty looking thing. Now they have two corpses laying there and it says nearby, a man and a woman lie in the road. Their throats cut, their bodies mutilated, almost beyond recognition of their sex. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I mean, mutilated is probably the nicest word you could come up with for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically one of those, like, dude, they, you know, they, well, and you can even see them, like, dancing around the, the, um, burning wagon and stuff they are just flat out having a revelry in all the murder and mayhem they've caused yeah and it really pisses off yeah uh, balthus yeah it finally just balthus finally snaps yeah and he shoots an arrow right through the one guy's neck oh man which now will dance no more Right. Yeah. This is where Baltus is just like, no, these floors are dirty as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, and it's great because then him and Conan and Slasher go running at these guys and just start tearing them to shreds. And how about the dog standing over one of them that it ripped to pieces? And the oh, caption yeah. box says, and turning, Baltus sees Slasher rise from the fifth pick, his great jaws dripping blood and man it's creepy because it is it's dripping blood oh yeah i mean this he's full-on cujo at this moment (laughs) yeah he's gone absolutely nutty here and they look down at uh there's a a woman there and she's just laying there and they basically say like i don't know from their words they basically say she was only like a teenager and there she is laying there dead with some blood coming out of her mouth it's Mm. pretty pretty creepy yeah they uh you know they mention it later on that the these two were basically newlyweds just out to try and um, 
settle the frontier kind of thing. Yeah. And then they come upon some tracks in the road here, and Conan's is like, Conan says to Balthus, like, listen, man, there are tracks from a wagon here, and it looks like a bunch of people went to uh, some salt licks. And he said, the licks are at the edges of the marsh about nine miles from here. And he's like, damn them, they'll be cut off and butchered. And he goes, you know what? He's like, why don't I go warn them and you go uh, over to where the settlers are with their, like, you know, houses and camp and stuff like that and warn them. And then, uh, you know, we'll meet up back in the uh, uh, Valetrium after it's all said and done. And, you know, obviously uh, that makes the most sense. So that's what they do. And uh, Balthus and Slasher, you know, they come upon a, uh, a home and he starts pounding on the door and he says, get up. The picks are over the river. And a woman comes to the door with a candle in one hand and an axe in the other. And she says, come in, we'll hold the cabin. And he said, no, we've got to make for Velitrium. The fort can't hold them back. And he says, don't stop the dress. I mean, she does have like some kind of nightgown or something on. He says, just get your children and come on. And then she says about her uh, husband went with the others to the salt. And he's like, don't worry, Conan went after them. And uh, this chick grabs her one, two, three kids. And I guess they have a horse and he puts the you know kids on the horse and he's like, let's go. And they don't even get, I don't even know how far they don't get very far. And they hear some crazy uh, howling and all this crazy crap. And, you know, we see them burning some of the houses and stuff like that. And uh, Balthus just flips out and he's like, he can't take it anymore. And he's like, he's like, they'll catch up with the women folk within a mile unless and whoosh, with the bow and arrow, he kills one of them. And him and Slasher just go nutty here and just start attacking them like crazy. But I do like the part where uh, Slasher finds one of the picks uh, you know, behind some bushes that I don't know if he's hiding to come out after them and like sneak attack them or what. And he goes in the bushes after them. And there's some good dialogue there in the uh, caption boxes. <laughs> yes. the, the bushes near Baltus are violently shaken. Inhuman growls mingling with gurgling cries. Oh, man. And then that next page. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, and <laughs> again, you know, Slasher comes back with blood just dripping from his mouth. Mm-hmm. And Bal- <laughs> Balthus just can barely whisper, good boy, Slasher. <laughs> That's great. I love it. So it's yeah, kind of like, look- remember, we're we're friends. We're, 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 we're tight, right? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then they look over like a little bit of a, a log on the top of a hill here. They see here come some more picks and they just won't stop coming because, again, there's like a thousand of them. And, you know, they try their best and they kill a bunch of these guys. But, uh, you know, in the end here, there's just too many of them. Right. They just can't take them all. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it just know, sucks. But at the same time, you, could, you already knew from the way they drew Slasher that <laughs> he wasn't planning on stopping. <laughs> no. You know, it it was one of those. It's going to be them or me, and there's mm-hmm. clearly too many of them for me to survive this. But I'm going to take as many as I can before I go down. Yeah, and at this point, I don't know how bad this would have gotten had not you know the next scene here taken place. So Conan eventually does catch up with these guys that uh, went to the Salt Licks, and he kind of says to them, "Hey, listen, this is what's going on, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And he's like. Uh, go ahead, uh, strike southeast through the timber. And he says, I'll scout behind. And the pack of men go forward. And all of a sudden, Conan hears someone call out to him, Conan. And he says, Balthus? 
And he says, Conan, Conan, wait for me, Conan. And he's like, I hear you, man. I can tell your voice. I'm coming. And Conan's looking and looking. And all of a sudden he goes, what the devil? Crom. And again, these caption boxes by Roy Thomas are great. He says, he half crouches the flesh prickling along his spine, for it is not Balthus who emerges from the other side of the glade, but a weird glow which moves toward him, a green witch fire that shimmers with purpose and intent. And you just see this like, what is it? Like almost like a big flame, it looks like, like a person-sized flame, right? Yeah, uh, the the chapter title for this one in the short story is The Devil in the Fire. Yeah, it's really creepy. And this, so, um, yeah, a voice just comes out of it, right? Yeah. And, and I love that, too. Why do you just stand there like a sheep waiting for the butcher, Conan? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> you know, and it's like instantly Conan's like, oh, hell no. no. Sheep, no, no, no. You think I'm afraid of you? Yeah, do you think I'm afraid of a damned Pictish swamp devil? <laughs> so basically, yeah, this is this crazy demon devil, swamp devil, swamp demon, whatever he was calling it, the three different things he probably called it throughout this whole story. And, you know, the two of them basically have a, a battle of uh, words here. And then Conan eventually says, enough mumbo jumbo. And he's like, uh, you know, show yourself. I want to see what you look like. And this uh, this uh, swamp demon or whatever it does take form, and it says, I too am a son of Jebosog, out of a fire being from a far realm. And he does mention to Conan that he and that Zogar Sog guy are kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of the word you would use for the phrase, where they're, they're, they're two separate entities, but they've almost like uh, spirit, spiritually joined together that, you know, if something happens to one, it happens to the other one as well, right? Yeah, they're, they're kind of Tomax and Zaymod at this point. Yeah, yes. You know, one, you know, what happens to one, the other feels. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, man, that, he's so monstrous, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really he's all creepy. Lanky and you know, such thin arms and a thick torso with scales and claws and ugh. Mm, yeah, it reminded me of another Conan story I've read. I think it's in the regular color comic book, and it's in the probably in the like 100 to 110, somewhere in there, where Conan faces off against, I think it's like two or three issues long, and there are these like vampiric type guys that live in like, I don't know if they live in a cave or where they live or something like that, but. They're like stronger than Conan and tougher than him and they can bite you and stuff, but they're very vampiric and they very much remind me of this crazy guy. Who's got, like you said, claws and almost his skin almost looks scaly and stuff. It's really creepy and him and Conan here go one-on-one and, you know, at first Conan's like, you know, using his sword, it stabs him in the leg, but then this thing almost slashes at him and rips his like uh, chain mail, like uh, jacket off and yeah, they're going to town here. This is a pretty good fight scene. Oh, yeah. But, of course, you know, Conan proves once again that there's nothing that cold steel can't cut. <laughs> yep. He eventually, you know, puts a thrust right into this thing's chest that kind of staggers it. And then, holy smokes, he just takes his sword and, and beheads this thing. And it's really cool. I really like it. It kind of just, like, burns up in its own flame, man. And that's a really good uh, end of that fight there. And then there's an epilogue, right? 
Oh yeah, Th- this epilogue totally. I mean, it it seals everything. Because yeah. yeah, Conan is sitting there drinking in the bar with the one survivor of the uh, the fort, and they pretty much say, "Yep, you know, you know, all the picks have gone back across Black River, but that's that's going to be the new border from now on. Nobody's <laughs> going to dare cross either way." But you know, and they explain that Zogar Sog died just mysteriously all in a heap almost as if his head had been severed from his body mm-hmm. Conan's just like he lived by magic and he died by magic <laughs> screw him <laughs> but oh Conan mm-hmm. this this is definitely one of my favorite Conan moments ever where he you know the, where he pretty much you know, has already just figured out that Balthus and Slasher didn't make it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and the guy's just like, well, you know, what are you going to do? And Conan says, ten he- or the heads of ten picks shall pay for Balthus's death and seven heads for the dog, who was a better warrior than many a man. <laughs> yeah, and then this last panel, what do you make of this? So... This guy that was the survivor says barbarism is the natural state of mankind. Civilization is unnatural. It is a whim of circumstance, and barbarism must always ultimately triumph. And you have Conan sitting there with a, you know, a, a bottle in his hand of you know whatever booze he's drinking, and this guy standing in the background. And the caption box there really had me thinking, like, what's going on here? It says Conan seems unaware of the woodsman's intent gaze as he reaches for the wine bottle, and I'm thinking. Uh, intent gaze, uh, gazing at what the the wine bottle? Like, what's the <laughs> what's the, or is he staring at Conan? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, it. I mean, as far as the barbarism that that just goes back to the whole, you know, with the usual stuff in Conan's stories, mm-hmm. that civilization is is the well, as he says, civilization is unnatural. It's it it tends to corrupt everybody that Conan meets. Yep. You know, everybody who's in civilization is pretty much worthless. Mm-hmm. And and if it weren't for barbarism, you know, nobody would have gotten saved because you wouldn't have had Conan running around doing Conan stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is a really good one overall, man. I I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was really good. I don't know. I feel like. You know, with there's, you know, different stories in each of these books, I almost thought they could have just put this in one book by itself instead of having it in two parts, you know, because the second part didn't seem as long as the first one. Yeah, um, I can kind of see like, I mean, I don't know if it would have worked quite as well. All you know, it's cramped into just one. But like if they'd made it like, you know, a little bit longer issue, not necessarily double sized, but. You know, like an extra 10 pages, they probably could have done it. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, maybe they're just like, hey, trying to get you to get the next issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that, from what I've, you know, heard and read that the Savage sort of Conan and the color comic, you know, always sold very, very well. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't think they necessarily had to put one, a cliffhanger into another one to get you to get the next one. But 
you know, maybe that's what they're looking for as well. A couple mm -hmm. extra sales or something. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, this is definitely a great Conan story. It's, it's a horror story. It's an adventure story. It, it has daring rescue attempts even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it has a cover with a lady on it, but no story with a lady on it. So at least at least you get a cover yeah. there if you're looking for yeah, the ladies. The <laughs> only ladies in this in this story are um, dead or escaping, <laughs> or picked women that look like they're going to eat your heart. So forget, yeah, it. <laughs> light you on fire. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that's awesome. So yeah, so yeah, thanks for picking this one, man. This was really good. I'm glad. Uh, Glad we got to talk about this one. It was really, really enjoyable. I think Roy Thomas was on point. And like we said, the, the artwork is just phenomenal on this one. It's crazy good. Oh, yeah. It's off the charts. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. So, all right, man. Well, why don't we transition into what you have going on? So, uh, why don't you talk about your shows? You know, Coffee and Comics, Days of High Adventure, Fan Film Fridays. Why don't you talk about that stuff for a minute? Oh, well, um. Well, you kind of caught me in a rough year on releasing episodes, so, you know, that's on me, though. But I, I do have three different shows out there in the ether. Uh, Coffee and Comics is basically my flagship show. Uh, that's where I look at a comic. It could be basically any comic and review it more or less in the span of time it takes to have a little coffee break. Doesn't always work, but, you know, something kind of concise. Kind of one of those, if you have 15, 20 minutes to listen to a podcast, that would be the one. Mm -hmm. uh, Fan Film Fridays is over on the Longbox Crusade Network. That is where I look at online fan films. And before any of you start judging them, saying that, oh, no, it's going to be something horribly cringy and low budget. Well, you're half right. Some of them are very low budget, but <laughs> by golly, there is some fun quality stuff out there. And the third and most infrequent, sadly, show is The Days of High Adventure, where I focus on sword and sorcery and fantasy comics. And mm -hmm. there, you know, Conan tends to pop up there a lot. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's the one that's most relevant to what we're talking about here. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully you and I are going to get to talk some uh, some Conan down the road here, right? Oh, I I, I think it's pretty likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've we've got a, a special issue picked out already that we're going to talk about on your show. Uh, and uh, that'll be fun, too, because, again, the Conan color comic was uh, super cool as well. It's it's to me, it was it's on the same level with the black and white stuff, too. It was just as good either way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. I I know everybody says this about all their favorite stuff, but on basically any day, even a bad Conan story is better than a, a lot of the top tier stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Conan was definitely one of the best uh, things that ever happened to Marvel, especially you know, in the Bronze Age. So, anybody that uh, hasn't read any Conan, find a collection and definitely listen to Days of High Adventure. So. Uh, all right, my friend, uh, this was a blast, but uh, I feel like we've been going on here for a bit, so I'm going to uh, uh, let you go now and uh, come back in to wrap up the show. But once again, thanks, Clinton. This was a blast, man. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks for having me.
between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords and magic, whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Days of High Adventure, a new podcast discussing a variety of comics that fall into the fantasy or sword and sorcery genre. Available on most podcast services and Anchor FM. Okay, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Uh, once again, I want to thank Clinton for being on the show. Clinton's a real good guy. Definitely give him a listen, you know, Coffee and Comics or Days of High Adventure, especially where he covers, you know, Conan, Cull, all that sort of stuff from Robert E. Howard, and then even like, you know, Michael Warcock stuff, uh, you know, uh, Elric and stuff like that. Definitely, definitely give uh, that show a listen to, if you want to hear about sword and sandal and fantasy and stuff like that. So uh, tune in for his stuff at all. Everything's going to be in the show notes. And once again, as always, if... Uh, you could find it to uh, take a little time and do a rating and review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever uh, podcatcher you use, I would definitely appreciate it. So thanks for listening.